Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Keandra. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I'm a survivor of an eating disorder. And in this podcast, we delve into the very insights and wisdom I used in my own recovery journey. If you haven't already, I invite you to join our community by hitting that follow button and leaving a rating. Every follow and every rating not only keeps this podcast alive, but it also extends our reach to more listeners worldwide, spreading the invaluable information that I share in this podcast. Your presence here matters and I genuinely appreciate every single one of you listening, so I hope you know that. So whether you're on the path to recovery, supporting someone on their own recovery journey, or just curious about this important topic, you're in the right place. So stay tuned for another empowering episode. Over to the show. Hello and welcome back to the show. If you're tuning in, you'll know that it is nearly Christmas. And for someone with an eating disorder, it's not the magical time that it is often made out to be for everyone else. Because the Christmas holidays in a fundamental level are a magical time filled with friends, family, love, laughter, and sharing beautiful meals together. But for somebody recovering from an eating disorder or living with an eating disorder, Christmas can mean panic, fear, overwhelm, lack of control. And I think for those who have never experienced an eating disorder, it can feel very difficult to comprehend how mince pies and the Christmas turkey and Christmas cake or your log could bring such anxiety. And this lack of understanding often makes it really, really hard for the eating disorder sufferer or someone in recovery. It makes them feel worse a lot of the time. And surviving the holidays can be really tough. And this is what this episode is going to be all about. I want to dive straight in. I want to basically, it's a survival guide for how to cope with Christmas, with an eating disorder. And I think particularly if difficult memories and triggers are present, the holidays can be such a painful time, but they really, really, really don't have to be. And that's where planning and preparation comes in. And the holidays can go smoothly and you can keep those negative feelings and fears at bay. It just might not be as easy as you might think. Now, I think it's really important to know that there is a lot of diet culture talk out there, especially after Christmas, but sometimes before, I think a lot of people are like, oh, we shouldn't be eating this now in the run-up to Christmas. But I think I just want to like start this episode and, and preface everything and say, you do not need to restrict at any time of the year. You do not need to restrict in the re- lead up to the holidays. Restriction is what fuels your eating disorder or whatever eating disorder you have. You do not not need to control the amount you eat before the holidays to allow yourself to enjoy that time. It's really, really important to actually not engage in these behaviours prior to the holidays because it can often then drive, you know, drive the eating disorder. So I want to break this down um, by kind of like before during and after, because I think a lot of the time people just try and focus on the during, um, not necessarily what 
comes before, like that comes before and comes after the holiday season. And I think it's really, really important to think about it all. So let's first think about before. How do you cope with Christmas before it happens? So I think the first thing is planning ahead. So it's never too early to prepare when facing a potentially triggering event. So try and start prepping for the holidays like a month in advance. And I know when this podcast comes out, today can be your day. You know, planning can take so many forms and it depends on your need. So try and find out ahead of time what will be on the Christmas menu and when it will be served. Obviously, we want in the future for there to be food freedom, but it might not be where you are right now. So if you find anything overwhelming and sense it might cause conflict for you, have a quiet word with the host or your family, share your struggles and let you, them know how you'd like to get around it. And if you're seeing a coach, a therapist, a counsellor, talk to them about it. In some cases, your coach or therapist might may be happy to chat with your Christmas party host over the phone. I know in my coaching, when I work with clients, I'm honestly so happy to talk to family or other hosts if it would make things easier. And I think because sometimes people don't necessarily get eating disorders, it can be easier um, to to come from somebody who can at least put it in, in another perspective. So let people know how sensitive, you know, how I suppose they can be sensitive to what you're going through without alerting everyone at the party. So that's planning ahead instead of doing it in the moment. I think the second thing is, is kind of don't restrict. Like I said before, is please don't restrict before the holidays. Like abide by your meal plan or your meal structure or ensure adequate nutrition with well-timed meals and snacks. I think the temptation and cultural tradition is like to deny food until the holiday meal, but then you know, that is not what you need to do because purposeful restriction in anticipation of a binge is disordered. You will feel so much better if you nourish yourself well, and you will also avoid slipping back into old kind of maladaptive coping mechanisms. So keep in mind that restriction can be both physical, so nutrition-based, food-based, and psychological, so types of food. So I want you to remind you that no food is bad or off limits unless you have obviously a medical allergy or you're, you know, it's going to make you ill. But really, no food is inherently bad. It's all about balance and allowing all food into your diet. I think next, it's identifying resources. So make sure that you do have a support system around you. So if you feel like you might struggle at any point during the day, you know, before it happens, establish a support person or people. And this could be a friend, a family member, or you could talk to your therapist or your coach that you could kind of like privately whisk away. So that is a resource for you that you can actually get in place ahead of time. It just means that you will have someone there if you are struggling and that you can't, you know, do something. You can actually talk to someone when they are there. The last thing that I would say to do before before it, because you don't want to necessarily, you know, plan too much. Well, there's a couple of other things, is 
gather some pro-recovery affirmations. Affirmations and mantras are so, so, so important. They still are important in my journey. Mantras for life. You know, like I can do anything. You can do anything you put your mind to. The things we say to ourselves are so valuable. So if you use social media or the internet or like valuable tools, I know I did a post on helpful recovery mantras. Keep your favorites like saved on your phone or have an entire folder dedicated to eating sort of recovery and refer to it when you need encouragement. So practice some responses to diet culture commentary. You know, I think you need to become quite adept at ignoring comments about diets and body size. I know from my own experience, I'm definitely not opposed to challenging diet culture chat, but sometimes redirection is less kind of argumentative and shuts it down faster. When it seems necessary to respond, I like often try and be direct and concise, such as like, oh, you know, mum, you're not bad for eating eating cake. Like, it's not like you stole it. Could you tell more about another topic? Or talking about bodies, like, yeah, bodies change. I prefer to focus on my core values instead of what I look like and like change the conversation about what is important to you, your values. I think this ties very closely into boundaries. I think it's your responsibility to teach others about boundaries. Boundaries are learnt and healthy boundaries are a good thing. I think I always say to clients that boundaries are cool, not cruel, and they serve us as guidelines for people supporting us in recovery because many family members and friends are now aware that, you know, for me, I don't tolerate such conversation, but they only know that because I communicated it in my own recovery journey and I still to this day don't like engaging in body shaming, dieting, categorizing foods as good and bad. And, you know, people are going to make mistakes and they will occasionally slip up. And if, you know, and that's okay, they're human. But if somebody continually crosses your boundaries, you can leave that social occasion. Your recovery does come first and your mental well-being does. So don't ever feel guilty for setting boundaries in place. I think lastly, before the actual big day is find joy in the season. Like this year is bustling with activities that don't necessarily all involve food. So prioritize the ones that bring you joy, seek out the best Christmas lights or, you know, carol service or, you know, even engage in some volunteering to give you, you know, give you purpose and value. Buy yourself some new pajamas, dress up your dog or whatever it is that makes you smile, do some baking, find joy in the season, not, you know, hate and upset. So let's move on. During. Okay. So we've kind of navigated before the, you know, the holiday start. I think the first thing is what I would do is do your best to not put too much pressure on yourself and others. So I would meditate on definitely before the holidays, but during the day, meditate for five to 10 minutes per day to kind of quiet that inner critic. Get out, you know, in in the morning, get some fresh air on your face. You know, that fresh air will help to change your outlook on the day ahead. I think part of it is knowing your limits. So attending too many kind of food focus events can lead to too much emotional overwhelm especially early in recovery. So while challenging yourself is necessary for personal growth, it, it kind of work with your care team to identify limitations for the year. So if your relationship with your family is quite, you know, raw and not very good, consider a friendly, you know, gathering instead. 
it's okay that if you need to attend a gathering and need to leave in two hours, and if leaving isn't feasible, then, you know, have a little break. Honour your needs, but, you know, also maintain your recovery and your sanity. I think it can be such an overwhelming, hard time. So you don't want to push your limits and then, you know, leave yourself open for relapse. I think next is really, really important is wearing comfortable clothing. So many of you in eating disorder recovery feel at ease wearing loose clothing with some stretch because of bloating and, you know, changes in weight and stomachs do expand when they have food in them. And this may lead to fitted clothing feeling tight across your stomach following a meal. You know, avoid that being a trigger. You don't want it to be a trigger for you. So there's nothing wrong or harmful about, you know, the bloating of your stomach. It's completely normal, but it might be worthwhile actually wearing something looser because it can help decrease the discomfort that you might feel. So don't, you know, intentionally set yourself out for something that could could actually trigger you. I think the next thing is work with the food, not against it. So when the food is presented, because it sometimes is in abundance and you feel lack of control over its preparation, you might notice your stress to increase. And one way to approach it is to have somebody else plate your food. You're not required to eat it all if if it is too much for you. But if having, you know, yourself plate it causes more anxiety, it might be worth taking, taking away the reins and giving it to somebody else. If you know, the food is served family style. Don't overthink what you choose. Include items from all food groups, including dessert and starter, if you feel able to. While you're eating, try and enjoy what you're eating. Notice the various colours, tastes and textures. It may feel scary, but this food was prepared with love and intended for enjoyment and for you to love it. And ultimately, food is not harmful but living with an eating disorder is resist that urge to categorize your food as good and bad all foods fit and if you feel full but there were foods that you wanted to try you have permission to take some home or at least have some a bit later you can choose not to eat them but having that option wards off that mental restriction that could lead to to binging or even just restriction i think next is actually following your meal plan during it so have your breakfast before the holiday dinner have your snacks don't engage in restriction because that just feeds that eating disorder voice you want to remember the purpose if you're struggling but cannot like step away from that christmas event it's remembering the true meaning of the holiday you're celebrating like watch the people around you and come up with one positive attribute for all of them remember why you're not restriction you know choose five things for which you are grateful for it can simply be you know sunshine on your cheeks but remind yourself this is one day of many and this moment of struggle will not last forever but giving into restriction and not eating your you know your breakfast and your other meals is only going to fuel that further I think yes and no are important words during the holidays as well and during the day Allow yourself to say yes to new experiences. I think there's a fine line between being mindful of your limitations and being ruled by your limitations. So although you may feel like some family members and friends could negatively judge you, it's really important not to isolate yourself from everyone based on fear. 
I think is a common defense mechanism during the holidays. But, you know, extensive isolation also brings like negative behavioral patterns. So it's really important to carefully consider whether you choose to avoid certain people or gatherings. Don't let your eating disorder from enjoying the day or partake in activities that you want to do. There is going to be some scary experiences at Christmas, but it's also filled with the people you love and who support you and want to spend time with you, regardless of what you eat. You are loved and it's remembering that. So use this as an opportunity to really challenge all of these rules. Lastly, take a deep breath. So there are a few grounding techniques I like to use and I've used in my own recovery journey when I become emotionally flooded. My favorite, and you might know it, is called box breathing and it's it's quite simple to execute. So this technique, um, known in the medical world as diaphragmatic breathing, that is a big word, has been found to significantly lower cortisol levels. Well, that's the stress hormone and that is what leads to a lot of anxiety and fear. By breathing in a specific pattern, which is breathing in for four, breathing out for four. Well, no, breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for four. It would be good if I got it right. People in research has exhibited improved cognitive performance and feelings of stress. So it can be done almost anywhere. You could literally be sat at the table to begin. Just close your eyes, flat on the floor, feet flat on the floor. Breathe in through your nose while slowly counting to four. Keep your lungs filled with air slowly count to four again and finally allow the air to exit your lungs slowly for four seconds. So repeat this for several minutes until your nervous system calms down because it is this these feelings are going to end. So we've done the day, you've done it. Congrats. Amazing. We've got through it. So what do we do after? First and foremost, book in a meeting with your therapist or coach or someone so you can talk through the stressful uh, encounters that you have. They can help you process through your experience and hopefully celebrate your success. If you don't have a therapist you can confide in or a coach, talk to a trusted friend who understands your story and can hold a space for you as you share. Write all your emotions down. Even if you have a coach or a therapist, journaling is a valuable tool and it's shown to decrease blood pressure, strengthen the immune system and reduce all symptoms of anxiety and depression. And there's real freedom in writing what you want as it's for your eyes only. So keeping a journal provides you the opportunity to revisit these past experiences and look back on them and reflect on how far you've come. I want you to resist any urges to restrict or engage with exercise or compensate for any way through any such behaviours. And if you feel the urge to make up for what you ate or how much, opt out of these behaviours entirely. You know, exercise or compensatory behaviours should never be used as a punishment or a penance. If you are someone who has a complicated relationship with exercise, explore, you know, joyful movement. So things like yoga, dance, you know, like just moving your body in a way that is pleasurable and fun and appreciative of what your body can do, because I don't want you to fuel your eating sort of further. Next, avoid rumination. So our brains can often replay stressful interactions that fail to reach a conclusion, whether we kind of play over that event, like with altering the dialogue, like a director of play, you know, maybe you wish you'd done something different or eaten something different. But regardless of the situation, it really, really, really isn't helpful to go over that scenario again. And, you know, 
if a tough conversation needs to happen, make the call or communicate. If an apology is necessary, deliver it and move forward. What has happened cannot be undone. It's now an opportunity for growth. Lastly, and I want to end on this, above all, choose recovery. It's easy to fall back into familiar disordered patterns as you attempt to cope with challenges at Christmas and the holidays, but we must keep making the right next choice. An eating disorder has nothing good to offer. It only leads to darkness and despair. So choose hope, choose life, choose recovery. You know, your choices are allowed to be your own, regardless of how much your auntie engages in diet talk at the table. And regardless of how much, you know, I don't know, somebody questions your meal, you don't owe them a justification. You're allowed to change the subject you know, food is not the enemy, food is fuel, and also it's something that is able to be enjoyed and celebrated for pleasure. There is no moral value to food, and whatever you choose to eat does not define you as a person, so you do not need to make up for your food intake tomorrow, the day after, next week. You know, it's not going to be an easy time, but if you get through it, you're going to reflect back and say, I am stronger than my eating disorder. So, making a conscious effort to be mindful to continue your recovery path is always worth it. So I really wish you all a safe, happy and guilt-free holiday season. It's so important. So I hope you've all found this episode useful and you can take some information onto your holiday season yourself and practice some of it. I'd be really, really interested to hear from some of you about, you know, how you got on. And if you want to share any wins with me, please do. You can get in contact with me on Instagram at Flourish with Keandra or email me info at flourishwithkeandra.com. I'd love to hear from you. Regarding coaching spaces, I have a couple of coaching spaces open for January. So if you are interested in getting coached in your recovery journey so you can find food freedom, please click the link in the description and apply now. And you'll be able to have a free 15 minute conversation with me about your journey, about how I could potentially help you. But for now, have a wonderful Christmas time, holiday time. Spend it with the ones you love and we will speak soon. Bye-bye.